morning everyone and a very warm welcome to morning worship. Uh, we're joined again by family and friends from across the country and across the world and I think I should say if I don't mention your name this time you're already just part of the family so uh, you don't get a special mention because you're just assumed that you'll be here. But it is wonderful to have Yomi and Mia and the children with us this morning. Great to see you, and I hope that you'll stay and be part of one of the chat rooms at the end when we break for coffee. Your, your picture is about the best on my screen, which is extraordinary, so it's wonderful that you're here. And then we've got, I think we've got Anto again with us from the Bahamas this morning. We've got Tamara and baby Aaron Leander from Marburg in Germany, and I don't know if you can actually spin through the gallery and see the baby because uh, the baby is in Tamara's arms as we speak. We've got, I think we've got the whole of Dr. Best family, if I'm right, parents and sister. And I think we've got her auntie Laura from North Carolina. So Will, you can no longer claim to be the only North Carolina member of this congregation. Um, we've got Bruce from Oxfordshire again. It's great to see you again, Bruce. And we've got Graham's dad, John, from Carlisle, and Katrina's friend, Stuart, who I'm afraid is boringly from Glasgow, but it is so nice to have you with us. Every one of you is so welcome to be part of our congregation. Our service will be led by our minister, Katrina, as usual, and other familiar voices from around the congregation. Um, all the words of our hymns are on the order of service that I sent out uh, during the week. And uh, all of our music today is pre-recorded. It's ourselves and our musicians from past weeks. And in the course of the service, you'll hear Paul, you'll hear Leo, and you'll hear Yang Yang playing for us. Then at 7 p.m. again this evening, we've no evening service, of course, just now, but the Baptist Union of Scotland is hosting a 20-minute uh, prayer broadcast live on Facebook. If you want to be part of that, and it's actually, it's a lovely thing, just listening in to people from different churches around Scotland, you just go into facebook.com forward slash Scottish Baptist forward slash live. Then just two bits of family news. Uh, Katrina's been in contact with two of our students who are now back at home with their families in England, Yang Yang in Stoke and Trent and Megan in rural Yorkshire. And they both send their greetings and their best wishes to us all. They are both really busy supporting their families and neighbours and they're keeping us in their thoughts just now. And then just to let you know that Will's mum, Ruth, um, fell this week and has fractured her hip. Um, she was taken into hospital on Monday, but then on Thursday was moved to a step-down facility. So please remember Will as he's uh, learning how to cope with these new circumstances and please remember Ruth in her new situation. 
We will meet again next Sunday at 11 a.m. for worship. But in the meantime, if you need help with essential shopping or a prescription being collected, you just have to let me know. These are all our notices. Thank you, Anne. I said to Anne before the service, I, had, I went through my Bible and couldn't find a, a nice, neat verse to use today. So I, I've written some opening responses, but I thought of them after I'd sent out the surface sheet. So they should hopefully appear on your screens. And please, with the microphones muted, um, if you can join in the words in the white print, that would be fantastic. This new day is a gift from God. This gathering for worship is our gift to God. In songs and stories, we recall our hope. May God speak new hope to our hearts and minds. In reflection and in prayer, we seek God's help. May God equip us for the days to come. And so with those thoughts in mind, we can sing along of ourselves in our opening hymn, Take This Moment, Sign and Space. Thank you, Paul. Having sung our praises, we join our voices with people literally around the world, but also around the world in other congregations meeting in other ways, in the words that Jesus taught his followers, and in good hillhead fashion. Whatever version, whatever language, it's a beautiful miscellany of sound. So we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up from the depths. O Lord, my God, I cry to you for help, and you have healed me. Sing praises to the Lord, O, o you, his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name. God's anger is but for a moment. God's favour is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. So a little bit of an experiment again this morning. We're getting very good at experiments. And I apologise to those who are on telephones because I'm going to be showing some images on screen. Earlier this week, I invited our children and young people to share with us some of their drawings of those who are their heroes and their sheroes. Um, it used to be had, we had heroes and heroines, didn't it? But language changes and times move on. So we have pictures of sheroes and heroes. And the first one comes from Bonnie. And this is her shiro. Her shiro is Hermione from the Harry Potter series. And I have to confess, Bonnie, I'm a bit of a Hermione fan too. She's great, isn't she? She's got that little bit of a twinkle in her eye. Um, I like her because she's very good and well-behaved and a studious type. But I suspect what Bonnie likes about her is the other side, the mischievous side. Um, she's a great, great shiro for any of us. We also have Spider-Man from Benjamin. The beautiful drawing of Spider-Man. Thank you very much, Benjamin, for sending us that. Um, looking very uh, strong and powerful there. And we also have, oops, from Bardia, we have baby Spider-Man. Isn't that lovely? A baby <laughs> Spider-Man. And you can see he's already casting some webs. So... Some superheroes have amazing superpowers and some superheroes don't. If you had an amazing memory, or if like me, you cheated, 11 years ago today, the very first time I preached at Hillhead, I talked about heroes and superheroes. So I'm kind of pinching that idea a little bit again today. I wonder who are our heroes, our superheroes at the moment. I think for me, it'll be people like the women who work on the checkouts in the supermarket. It's also the doctors and nurses and all the other medical professionals and people who work for the NHS. And we are so grateful to those among our own congregation who are working for the NHS at the moment, it includes doctors, but also people who work in other areas of work. Some heroes go and get your shopping if you are shielding or unable to get out. Some heroes go and get prescriptions for people who can't get out. 
some heroes and some sheroes do amazing drawings to cheer us up or put teddy bears in their windows or rainbows in their windows all sorts of sheroes and heroes who just help us to get through this time and you know these heroes and sheroes remind me of saints we often think of saints as like stained glass windows and people who were perfect but actually they weren't they were just people trying to follow jesus and sometimes they did amazing stuff and sometimes they struggled some of them have incredible stories and some of them have really very ordinary stories just like us so it's good really i think to remind ourselves that we too can be heroes and sheroes in this time whether it's to those in our own household by being kind and considerate and giving each other space when we get a little bit tetchy or a bit tired or when the cat walks in screen not happened yet this morning but it might but also just doing what we do the best we can if we try to follow hey there's a pussy cat in screen on mine <laughs> hello uh oh i've forgotten her name that's terrible but anyway hello pussy cats uh, the pussy cat is followed by me on facebook totally lost my train of thought then but that's good but sheroes and heroes pussy cats puppy dogs whatever it is we help each other to get through these times and so we're going to sing again in a moment another of my favorite songs from childhood i used to sing it in primary school but i just love the fact that it reminds us that the saints of god are people just like us so over to paul for some music and we can join in i sing a song of the saints of god
we're reading from John's Gospel, chapter 21, at verse 15. Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not want to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. He was the one who had reclined next to Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? Follow me. point out that was a recorded siren not a fresh real life one uh, and also the pussycat that appeared on screen was Poppet. so now we all know thank you for reminding me of that i don't know about you but for me over the last few weeks since we've been in lockdown i have found myself to be encouraged and discouraged in equal measure by what I've been reading and listening to online. Often from people I know, admire, trust and like. There have been blog posts and videos shared that have made me laugh out loud. And there have also been the same that have practically driven me to despair. There have been poems and prayers that have really nourished my soul. And there have been bits of theology that have made me feel desperately inadequate. These are very strange times. It's uncharted territory. And we're kind of all making it up as we go along. Nobody really knows. Nobody's been here before to tell us the way. 
And the truth is our human frailty and fallibility is very much in evidence at the moment. We're doing our best and we are trusting that with God's grace, we will get through this. What I really like best about the scriptures is the people. Because do you know what? They're people just like us. There's, I don't think one that I can think of that comes out perfect. Not even Jesus. There you go. It's my heresy for the day. Every single one of them seems to get some things wrong and some things right. But one thing that's really struck me this week is I, I was listening to a podcast aimed at Baptist ministers in Scotland, and it talked about the fact that we should think that this is normal to be living in these circumstances, because that's what the Bible's full of. Well, no. Actually, the Bible's largely full of silence. It doesn't tell us about the everyday. There are years and decades and centuries about which we are told nothing. Life just went on. The stories we have are the extraordinary ones, whether they're good or bad or a mixture of the two. But what these stories seem to me to remind us of more than anything is that this sense of feeling adrift in strange times is totally normal. Not being quite sure what to do, not being able to make sense of where God is in all of this, asking questions, being bewildered. It's totally normal. It's totally what we would expect. And I'm so grateful that those stories, rather than the boring ones of what they did in the ordinary times, are the ones that made it down through the centuries into the Bible and so to us today. And so we come to one of my favourite characters, Simon, usually referred to as Peter. Simon was the person who Jesus chose to be his successor. So he obviously saw in him great qualities, a strength of character, resilience, maybe some determination. And these would be really important in the challenging times that he would face after Jesus had gone. And he gave him that nickname, didn't he? Peter or Rocky, as we might say nowadays, because Peter simply means rock. And that must have felt quite a burdensome nickname for Peter, you know, because he was as fallible and frail as any one of us. And there were times when he was basically shaken to his foundations. Not so much Peter the Rock as Peter the Rocky, and not in the boxer sense, but as in the, the wobbly sense of the word. We heard again that story of the conversation that Peter has with Jesus after the resurrection. And it's really familiar. We've heard it probably lots and lots of times. We even know what happens next. We know what happens leading up to Pentecost and, and what happens beyond that. And how actually somebody else called Saul, whose name is changed to Paul, seems to become more important than Peter. He writes lots of letters. He visits lots of places. And throughout Christian history, it's the teaching of Paul that we have listened to because we don't know very much about what Peter said or taught. 
So what I thought I'd like to do today, rather than focus on that conversation, which is what I've done many a time, just very briefly to go back and track through Peter's story. It all began some years earlier. We generally think around about three years, but we don't know. And Simon and his brother Andrew abandoned their fishing business to go and follow a man called Jesus. And this Jesus was emerging as a preacher and a wonder worker in the North Country, in and around Nazareth and Galilee. And what Jesus said to them was really quite incredible. He said, stop worrying about catching fish. Come with me and catch people. Draw others to join this amazing adventure that we're going to share together. And to start with, it was an amazing adventure. They traveled all over the place. They heard all sorts of amazing stories, stories about farmers who grew crops, stories about women baking bread, stories about treasure buried in fields, stories about sheep that wandered off and a shepherd that would go and look just for one and hold a huge party after they were found again. They saw hungry people fed. They saw sick people made well. Oh, and then there were those delightful times when the religious authorities were shown up for what they really were. I'm also a bit wary of that one because I'm a religious authority in this day and age. So yeah, maybe Jesus would show me up as well. And then that day of all days when suddenly he got it. He glimpsed that Jesus was the Messiah, the anointed one of God. And Jesus said, well done, Peter. And that must have felt so good. But if the chronology of the synoptic gospels is correct, and if the timing is the way we use it, usually read it, just moments later, oh boy. He had said to Jesus, look, Jesus, this bad stuff, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to allow it. And he had honed a very stinging rebuke from Jesus. We usually say that Peter is impetuous. He acts before he understands. He speaks before he thinks. But he was also very loyal to his friend Jesus. And he promised Jesus earnestly that no matter what happened, he would be the one to stick by him. And then Jesus was arrested and Peter was terrified. Terrified that he might get arrested too. Terrified that he might be executed for following this man. And so he tried to distance himself. He stood on the edge. And when people said, uh, you're one of them, aren't you? Went, no, 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 not, not me. Nothing to do with me. Not once. Not twice. But three times that are recorded. And possibly more that aren't. And then that awful, heartbreaking moment when Jesus looked across and caught his eye and his heart broke and he ran out and as they would have said where I grew up he bawled his eyes out he wept bitterly he felt a total utter failure 
and I can't speak for you, but for me, that raw humanity, that brokenness, that sense of being useless, for me, is really helpful. He didn't understand. He couldn't make sense of it. And he certainly couldn't think of a nice theological response to what was going on. Rather, he went away and hid. And he cried. And he cried. And he cried. The end of the Gospel of John is very curious and the regular hill head folk will know because I've said to it many a time before, it seems to have two endings. Chapter 20 recalls the incredible events of the day that Jesus appeared to Mary of Magdala and told her to go to the disciples and Peter with a message. Peter and another of the disciples go to the tomb and discover it's empty. And then later that day, Jesus appears to them. And it's a, a moment of revelation and they are amazed. Behind locked doors, frightened, Jesus has somehow reached them. And then a week later, something similar happens again. And I've completely lost my place, so apologies for that. So he appears to them and he commissions them for service the first time. And then the second time he appears to Thomas, who hadn't seen him. And we thought about that a little bit last week about um, how we haven't seen Jesus and yet we, we, we somehow hold on to believing. And then the gospel kind of comes to an end. They say, there's lots more things we could tell you, but that, we could fill all the books in the world. So off we go. And then there's chapter 21, which scholars think was added on some time later. And it's rather bizarre, given what's happened in chapter 20, because they're not out evangelising the world. They're not out being brave and strong and, and everything. They've gone back to fishing. Peter's tried to turn the clock back to go to what he knew before all of this. But there's a huge problem. He can't do it anymore. They're out all night. They're fishing, 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 and they catch not, not a fish. I was going to say not a sausage, but not a fish. And it's in that story that we begin to see something important. He wants to go back to a simpler time, but he can't. He's tired, he's overwrought, he can't even do the things he thought he could do. And this stranger on the beach calls them in. And it's such a beautiful, tender human story. Imagine this, God cooking your breakfast. Jesus has prepared fish for these men who are tired, who feel failures, who are frightened, who are dejected, who are rejected. And he says, come and have breakfast. And it's only after breakfast, only after they've had a rest, that he and Peter go for that walk. Whether it happened literally straight away or hours later doesn't really matter. I'm very much reminded of the Elijah story in, in Kings, that Elijah was at the point of feeling suicidal and, and God said, have a rest, have some food. And it was only after that rest and the food that the conversation could take place. 
And so Jesus and Peter go and have the conversation and you've heard it many times before and I'm not going to try to unpack it today. It's his commission to Peter and the threefold nature of the question and answer is generally seen as reflecting the threefold denials earlier on. But actually it's a very precious one-to-one time with Jesus. But the ending of that story is important because Peter gets distracted. He looks around and there's somebody else coming along the beach and he says, but what about him? And what Jesus says to Peter is really important. He said, look, don't worry about him. Just worry about you and me. That's the important thing. And that's really been helpful for me this week because I've seen these people writing clever theology and I think, well, I can't do that at the moment. I'm, I'm busy living in the now and, and one day maybe I can reflect on it, but not now. And Jesus says, don't worry about that. And people are feeling differently from how, how I'm feeling. And Jesus says, look, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you don't want to cry or you don't want to be doing this or that you are angry or that you aren't angry. I'll deal with those other people, not in a nasty way, I'll look after those other people, but you, focus on caring for you right now. This is about you and what you need. You're all unique. You're all precious. I love you all. And I want you to walk with me. So now we're just going to hear some more music and take a few moments to reflect. What might it be that Jesus wants to say to each one of us deep in our hearts today. And it won't be the same for you as it is for me or as a person in the next box along the screen. But it may just be that there is something precious that we need to hear and be reminded of today. friends around us and our friends apart from us. Among us in our separate places this morning, 
bring us together to a place where your love is found. We come together with open hearts and with open minds. And as we gather together, we give thanks that your arms are open wide and welcome. In the security of your embrace, we pray that we will reflect your goodness in the words that we speak and in the way that we treat and care for others. We ask for your forgiveness, for the humility and courage to do better. Help us to remember that every minute of every day that we are yours, loved by you, called by name by you, and let that love make us generous, generous towards others and towards each other and more loving towards you. Heavenly Father, help us to trust that you are here with us, even when we are alone and isolated, or when all the troubles of our lives and of our existence threaten to overwhelm us. We may not be able to see or to recognize you, we may not be able to feel that you are close to us. But we trust that we can look upon your face and find limitless compassion, endless understanding and patience. And through this we find the courage and humility to begin again. We bring to you those who carry forever in their hearts the grief of losing a loved one and who cannot mourn or grieve in isolation or through separation from others. Speak into each life, we pray, to bring strength and hope. We pray for everyone in our church community. Specifically this week, we bring to you Paul, Helena and Lily, Clifford, Jean and Walter, Paul, Rico, Alien, Leo, Katrina, Hogg and Ben, Rachel, Katrina, our minister. We give thanks for their presence among us, their fellowship and friendship with us, and for sharing in our faith journeys. So as we go out into the wider world, we pray that you will be with us in every place and in every time. As we journey together with all the God's people, knowing that we all have equal value and worth all through the living grace through your son our lord jesus christ amen Oh